Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thank you for joining us for Therapeutics Thursday podcast. This podcast provides an opportunity to listen in as members to sit down to discuss what's new and ongoing in the world of therapeutics. Hi, my name is Margie Padilla, and I'm a clinical professor at the University of Texas at El Paso School of Pharmacy. I'll be your host for today's episode. With me today is Alex Mills, an assistant professor of pharmacy practice at the University of Mississippi School of Pharmacy. Thanks for joining us today. Let us get into today's topic, person-centered care for vulnerable populations, part three. Alex, you practice in the area of sexual and gender minority health care. What are some ways we can create an affirming environment for patients who identify as LGBTQ? Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Margie, for having me on. I think there's a couple different ways that we can go about this. So when you think about the physical environment, such as your clinic, for example, I think about how do you incorporate some symbols like a rainbow, for example, or the pink triangle or different messages and patient references. So it could be specific brochures about LGBTQ specific health topics like thinking about HIV, STI, prevention, and treatment can be in the patient care or waiting areas. Um, This can seem like small, more passive ways to make a patient feel more welcome and safe, but it really does speak volumes to those who may be more in this rather private phase of disclosing maybe their sexual orientation or gender identity. Another aspect that I think about that goes a long way for persons specifically of trans experience is asking and disclosing pronouns. So this can be done via an intake form, so something they fill out at registration. Uh, could be signage or badges that maybe list that particular healthcare professional's pronouns. And then asking for this information in a patient encounter. Personally, for me, when many of my staff in the clinic have pins or other accessories that show maybe their pronouns or another LGBTQ-friendly symbol, it ends up helping create more of a euphoric conversation starter with those who maybe identify as transgender. I also think about your documentation system, so your EHR, for example. So what are ways that you could have an end user document maybe their gender versus legal sex or maybe their chosen name and pronouns? Since patients have the right to access that medical record, it's important to let them be able to address this if they identify as LGBTQ plus or gender non-binary, for example, or gender diverse, and make sure they don't have a dysphoric experience of them being misgendered in their chart. So any way your system can include that in the encounter, I think, is another great way to help make that environment more affirming. And then lastly, thinking about the training of your staff, right? So anyone who works within your clinic or health system may interact with someone who identifies as LGBTQ+, and spoiler alert, they will, whether they believe it or not. Um, So making sure that environment and the training is critical so that they can help make that affirming environment for gender and sexual minorities. So this could be anyone from front desk registration staff to, of course, providers and pharmacists. So thinking your front desk staff knows how to use affirming language, um, using pronouns or chosen names in a patient's chart, not making assumptions when using certain language, like asking about gender specific medical needs um, or even how that information is going to be documented in the medical chart when you're writing that note or that encounter. 
I would say probably the support staff are the first people we think about. So all of those things we know are, are super essential. There's a lot of ways to do it, but I think those are the first places that I would start. Thank you, Alex. You provided some really great tips that I haven't thought about for myself and especially in the practice uh, that I practice in. Uh, for my second question, Alex, um, for many of our listeners who have been in practice for a while, this can be rather new territory and may not have been covered much in our previous education or training, which can lead to some mistakes when interacting with patients that are sexual or gender minorities. What would be your advice on handling these when or if they occur? Yeah, and I think it's a lot of times when you start, it's more of the when, right? So I think anyone who's starting out maybe newly serving sexual and gender minorities, those are going to happen a lot of ways, those mistakes. So using the wrong pronouns, calling a person by their their not chosen name, or making an assumption about their maybe their partner's gender, for example. And that's okay to make those mistakes. I think the key, though, is owning and recognizing that you've made that mistake and being vulnerable with your patients that you're seeing. So what I did when I first started working in my clinic is I would preface the conversation with a patient of letting them know, hey, these pronouns that you're using are are new to me and I may slip up and use the wrong ones. I would love you to correct me so that I make sure that I'm treating you with respect. Um, So making those mistakes are perfectly normal. It's just a matter of recognizing that and how you respond to it. I will just add, though, when you do make a mistake, because they're going to happen, definitely acknowledge it, correct it, but then move on, you know, so don't turn it into a, oh, I'm so sorry, I can't believe I did that, I got to do a better job of, you know, using your your name and your pronouns. Now you've turned that whole encounter on you and that person, that patient now has to make you feel better, where really the whole focus was on what you did to maybe not provide the most respect to that person. So acknowledge it. Maybe let's say you use the wrong pronouns, say, I'm sorry, use the correct pronouns, and then move on with the rest of that conversation. That way you've made a point to notice that mistake has happened, you recognize it was a mistake, and you showed that you're trying to work on it. That's the best place to start. Thank you, Alex. Well, thank you, Alex, um, for joining us today's episode of Therapeutic Thursday. If you haven't before, I encourage all of you to check out ASHP's Ambulatory Care Resources. Uh, You can find member-exclusive offerings such as the Ambulatory Care Tool Certification Resources, rotation guides, guidelines, policies, and info on billing and reimbursement. Be sure also to become a member of the section of Ambulatory Care Practitioners Connect Community, where you can exchange ideas and ask questions from your peers. Thanks again for tuning into the session and join us here every Thursday, where we will be talking about content matter experts on a variety of clinical topics. Be sure to subscribe to SHP Podcast through your favorite podcast provider. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP.